Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Post Analog Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in for this week's show. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website on your phone. Join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag is where the game starts. For this episode, we're going to be speaking about um, how everyone's a hypocrite, right? Like a lot of the older folks, Gen Xers, Boomers, they complain about the youth. But I call bullshit on that because Mm -hmm. I feel like our time was mm-hmm. full of like fake it till you make it folks too. For sure. Yeah. You know, and especially in hip hop because as far as for like music videos, yeah. Um you rent cars. Oh yeah, yeah. You wear fake jewelry yeah. to give the perception that you're already successful. Yeah. To be successful. If you kind of remember that format of of hip hop video. Yeah, for sure. It still exists today. There's, you know, that hasn't changed. Uh you can't knock it. It's like hip hop's version of a mood board. You know what I mean? Like, nice. it's just, that's what they, the kind of money they aspire to make. It's the dreams they're striving towards. And, you know, this is just uh, helping them, you know, what's the word? Uh, manifest that. That's the word I'm looking for. Manifest that kind of money. And I can't say it doesn't work. I would like to use the term peacocking. You're almost trying mm-hmm. to draw attention for the people you want attention from. Yeah, and that's a problem, I think, with social media, too, is a lot of people, most people on social media are peacocking. They're putting they're putting out a perception of themselves that is not necessarily true. So on that note, too, for the video, maybe content users, this is the best in target fashion. You know, I ain't trying to front, you know what I mean? Like, bro, this, I like this black shirt. It's cheap and I can spend more money on gear and music and other cool stuff. And when he says gear, we're talking about film and photography gear, which exactly. is very expensive. Like this, I know, sorry for the, uh, yeah. it's just a plain Amazon V-neck. Dude, yeah. That, that I rock because at this point it's about production. Yep. I'd rather have dope microphones, dope equipment. To make it sound good. Wait, cheers to that. Oh, cheers, cheers, yeah, cheers, yeah, by cheers. the way. And we're still rolling with the white claws mm-hmm. for, all that, for all that noise. Because it keeps my, my diabetes really, really low. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of the pressure we experience from our generation about faking it till you make it really comes from the record label side, mm-hmm. meaning... Back then, we did not have the savviness or moxie to put out our own music. We were pretty much under the realm and control of like a record label. Mm-hmm. So here's Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins okay. talking to Joe Rogan and and talking about like the music industry back then. The indentured servitude type of thing. We our first contract was seven albums, essentially fourteen years. 
So I signed that contract when I was 23. That's crazy. Okay, Jeez. so I'm signing, at 23 years old, I'm signing a contract that's supposed to take me into 37. You're signing a contract wow. for more than half your life. And, and if you look at the shelf life of most artists, it's four to... So they're basically anticipating your entire arc. That's so crazy. So you don't have any leverage, you know, other than that they want to sign you. You sign the deal, and then it becomes this weird dance of like... Can I sustain success? Yeah. If you get success and you have leverage, they'll get out of your way because you're making them a lot of money. But the minute you're not making them as much money, then they step in and they start playing these Jedi mind tricks on you. We know what to do. You know, the public's going to forget about you. I mean, I've heard all these things. You struggle to get the contract, and then the contract is sort of, you know, the indentured servitude type of thing. Wow. That's... Uh that's heavy, dude. That's super heavy. It's so heavy. And yeah. I wanted to use a non-hip-hop artist yeah. to uh, accentuate, like, the universality of, like, the struggle back then. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's indentured servitude. You said it best. That's slavery, you know? Like, yeah. that's crazy. And like what Billy Corgan said, um, you know, seven albums, so that's one album every two years, 14 years. Like Kwame lasted what an album? Yeah, a song. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. Uh, I think Tribe, which for me is the all time. He's they're like the Beatles and the Who. Yeah, of hip hop. Sure. And what they put out maybe five six albums tops. And and honestly, you know, you've, we hear stories about Q-Tip. He's a perfectionist. The record label essentially snatched Tribe albums from tribe because if you let q-tip he would work on an album indefinitely he's a perfectionist you know and probably would, would never release stuff so there's been plenty of interviews where you know the record labels were like we're just like just show just give me 14 songs right now that's it there's your album done right you know and they're bangers you know so um but yeah that's uh it's slavery dude and and that's a lot of you know, your soul that you have to give over an extended period of time. And, and that can mentally destroy you. And, you know? and that's an innate pressure yeah. for you to actually send a perception of who you are because yeah. you're not developing yourself naturally. Yeah. So for me, like in the hip hop context, it, it just feels like, Oh, I got to get this money now. Yeah. I got to make this money now. Yeah. And, right. and, and that's, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. And it's tempting, right? Most artists are fucking broke. You know, and the and you know, you've been struggling for years and all of a sudden a record label is dangling some big money in front of your face, but it is that, you know, uh, signing a deal with the devil, you know, because you are going to get that money, but you're going to lose your soul, you know, and that's that's why again, it's that's very heavy. So here's some audio backing up what we were talking about music videos back in the day for from rap artists. This is Money Bags on Angie Martinez's podcast. Mm -hmm. On fake jury. Because you did? I, yes, because, like what? Because I used to understand like <laughs> oh about entertainment. You have to look like money to get money. Wow. Like, you, you get what that's I'm one of the realest things everybody anybody sat in that chair said. Like, exactly. That's I very used to real. Put on fake jury, middle of the mall. Just because just to get people like uh, even if they're gonna say, man, take that. Take that, you know what I'm saying? But at least, at the they got end of, at least you got something you looking at me. 
Yeah. So you notice me. So you would go to the shows, the early shows that you were booking, and you need jewelry, right? So that's exactly. what you. That's what, so what did you do? And then that, it had it got from like when the attention really got on me, when they started really paying for me, I had started getting my homeboy jewelry because it was time to put on some real stuff, but I couldn't afford it. Yeah. So hey, let me see that. I'm gonna go rock this show. Oh, I'm, you I'm borrow right it. Back. Yeah, yeah, you borrow it. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. you know, hit them with a little something. So yeah. yeah. And now it's different. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I mean, I, I, I guess my as far as from my end, as far as for why I want to talk about the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. it's it's not like we weren't guilty either. Yeah. No. And, and like sure. what you're saying, like your your daughter's generation, everything is a flex, dude. Yeah. And, and you and on social media. Even though people crave authenticity, mm-hmm. you cannot post a lot of bad shit because people will stop following you. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and you're posting content constantly on social media. So you're fucking, if you're posting in your pajamas, your pajamas better be fly. You know? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and some Gucci it, shit. That's, that's way too much pressure, dude. Like, hell no. Like, I, who, that's, that's unsustainable, period. And that's why the, a lot of these, uh, that's why people lose their minds. You know, you cannot sustain that kind of flex. Where, calm down, dude, you know? Yeah, and one one last audio bit before we keep talking about um, hip-hop hip- hypocrisy. Because I felt like MCs are probably the more insecure people. Mm-hmm. At least for the 90s, at least. I, I don't know how it is now because mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to the garbage, new hip-hop, yeah, yeah. you know, music. But this is like a show where uh, Atlanta producer Jermaine Dupree mm-hmm. was talking about the show MTV Cribs, mm-hmm. how they would want them to stage something that uh, they don't actually have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it got to a point where, like, people, you know, it was a, it was a TV show and they was trying to make a show. Um, and they started actually yeah. renting houses for people mm-hmm. that didn't have houses. They started renting cars for people who, so that that, so that their situation would look the same as whoever they had on the show. I think that's where they messed up. You know what I mean? That's where they took that part of what you're talking about out because, I mean, the last one I remember was when, like, they tried to do that with Redman, and Redman was like, nah, I'm going to take you out of my house in Jersey. Right. And it was like a, you know what I mean? He stayed in like a townhouse, like, townhouse mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And... He, they was trying to give him a house and car, and he ain't, he ain't want to do it. So, I mean, you know, that's pretty much what happened. Is like people just was like, nah, let's let's fake it and make it look yeah. like this is my house and these are my cars. Red so, mm. props to Redman though for keeping it real, which yeah. is why I really like the dude. Yeah, uh, no, fake it till you make it. It's a real thing, you know, and not just in music and hip hop and almost everybody's everyday life you know everyone's trying to compete with the joneses and have the better car the better lawn the better this the better that and it's exhausting because there's always going to be people who have more than you so at what point is it enough where you're like i'm good and i'm happy and 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 wait and last thing too is the other short-sighted thing about stuff like that is you're that's setting up a metric where you're measuring success solely based on financial uh, situations. You know, uh, you could look at someone like Elon Musk. He's the richest man in the world, and he'll be the first to tell you, "I'm fucking miserable." You know, so it's just like that's not the only metric for success is money. You know, if you've got a great family. Uh, 
a, a great life. You're happy. You walk around the world with a smile. You fucking greet people good. That's wealth, dude. And that's what we should all be seeking. Not, you know, trying to front like I got a Lamborghini. I'm good. You're not, you know. How, how did you react to like Slick Rick LL Cool J with like the tons of jewelry and even like th- this is totally dating mm-hmm. ourselves like B.A. Baracus from the A-Team mm-hmm. you know he had like layers of gold on top of him yeah that's what helped me not get into hip hop right away okay it, it took a while for me to like that yeah because I preferred like the clash and like post-punk and post-punk meaning really close to like a uh, new wave. Yeah. Cause they were just dressed crazy. Yeah. And I felt like, and again, it's probably a black man's plight because mm-hmm. you're struggling and mm-hmm. society's against you. Yeah. So you want to show like you're impetuous and you're rich and don't have a shirt on and you got fucking a ton yeah. of like jewelry. Uh huh. Um, but how did you feel about that? Because for me, I did not connect to it right away. It took Public Enemy, as I've said, yeah, from a previous episode, yeah. But how did you react to like LL Cool J, even Run DMC to an extent, right? They were very yeah. Yeah. gold chain centric, Dookie gold ropes. Um, of course, as uh, a kid growing up, I aspired for that because, again, like just living in the culture we live to, that's what they're kind of defining again as success is financial wealth, you know? So if I saw a guy who was making a real, a, a, a crazy amount of money by not stealing, by not robbing, killing, by not being a, a, an athlete, you know, but just by being a creative individual, you can make this kind of living. I aspired for that. That absolutely influenced me, you know? I thought that's what a great way to make a living off of art. And it's just that the particular art that we chose as our medium was music. For some, it's painting or filmmaking or photography or whatever. But for us, that was like a viable means. Like, oh, I can I can make this music thing happen. Oh, okay. So, so I looked at it as like, yeah, like that's fucking dope. I, I, I didn't, it didn't turn me off like it turned you off i just looked at it as like you can make a lot of money so much so that you could buy a dookie gold rope you know um by just being fucking creative awesome right like it took public enemy because they were angst filled and angry Mm -hmm. and like uh we've exchanged messages on ig like with de la soul like me myself and i you know they you had like your b-boys with the gold chains but they were like the black nerds Mm -hmm. they were like the predecessors to like that show Atlanta and Flylo and the rest of the black nerds. Like I consider you a black nerd too. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, in a complimentary way, yeah, but it was just one of those things where it, it took me a while, but I understand it now because truthfully, I, I, I think, I don't know anyone who hasn't kind of like boistered out an impression. Yeah. More, th- more than what they really are. And, and Especially in photo or video. Right. Yeah, and keep in mind, if that's sort of like um, in the media at the time, if that's sort of like the perception of success, it's also defining what females look for in a guy, right? So even if you can't afford it, you're going to go out and get a fake gold chain because you want the perception of being successful 
And that's going to help you attract the opposite sex. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what they've also been conditioned to sort of look for, you know? And it's just a fucking big shit show. You know what I mean? And it's unrealistic and it's not a foundation for anything. It's not a foundation for love. It's not a foundation for happiness. It's just, it's just fucking money, dude. Like, you know, that's, it's, it's fucking paper, dude. I don't know how else to say it, you know? But but do you do you listen to any newer MCs? Like I listen to Griselda, uh-huh. uh, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. an occasional J. Cole yeah. song if it if it's played via remix. Mm-hmm. But I I just um from what I understand, a lot of like the new kids, it still hasn't changed whether if you're counting bills and throwing money into yeah. the camera, it still hasn't changed. I, I think the lyrics I listen to now, to be honest, are outside of hip hop. Um, fucking, there's a there's a lot of great uh, musicians who were, let's say, poets first, right? It, maybe an easy example is like a Jim Morrison, right? Yes, he was like a rock god or whatever, but at the end of the day, too, he was um, he was a poet, and he was doing poetry that happened to be backed by music. You know, so I think now at this age, that's the kind of lyricist lyricist I'm looking for. Not someone who's writing music, but maybe who's writing writing poetry and music became a byproduct of that. If that makes sense. You no, know? no, absolutely. Uh, um, and honestly, hip hop is poetry. Um, Nas is a perfect example. Nas, why that guy is so loved to this day and will always be loved Everyone recognizes him for what he is, which is a street poet. You know, he's he'll talk about street life in a way that's just so vivid and articulate and creative and fucking everything, dude. Like just every word is is just perfect. There's no fat. I think Bill Burr said that in one when crafting the perfect joke. There's zero fat in his lyrics. Like every word, every syllable, every phrase, every line has a purpose, you know? And he's he's a craftsman. He's a poet who happens to be use hip hop as a medium for expression. I just finished uh right now, all around LA right now, they're promoting uh Dear Mama. Uh it's a new Tupac uh dir- uh Doc Doc that was uh directed by I think the Allen's brothers. Um, I never was necessarily into Tupac. I've said this before in other podcasts, but honestly, the more I do learn about him, he was an example of that. He was a poet who chose, who just figured I could make my poetry fit to music, you know? Um, so that's the kind of lyrics I, I guess I'm fucking drawn to 10 minutes later, you know, like that's it. No, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do a two in one for this episode. Yeah. I'd rather have like, Two solid episodes, then yeah. three uber dispersed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because like with, with instrumentals, mm-hmm. for me, that's what runs my listening. Yeah. 110%. Like with yeah. Tupac, I only like three songs. I Get Around, mm-hmm. Shed So Many Tears, mm-hmm. and To Live and Die in L.A. Those There's a song I would like you to hear, and maybe I'm biased because I always love songs that have like a dub and reggae influence. And I don't know if we could, if this is now turning into a jukebox section. No, we'll, we'll freestyle, dude. The beat on this shit, so sick. Is it on YouTube? I'm sure it is. 
just put Tupac and the name of the song is Violent. And while you're finding it, I'll, this is a two for one. Mm-hmm. This is an example of him, Tupac as a street poet. Violent, is that the name? Yep. And the fucking beat is disgusting, bro. Especially when we get to the chorus. Please drop a little of that. Okay, let's see. Does it sound like it? Yep, that's it. Watch. I'm not a Tupac guy. Just I know, like nor that. am I, but I was like, I heard this song, I was like, oh shit. It's about p- police brutality. This is released in the 90s? Dude, check it out. I was like, holy shit. This is very dubstep. They claim that I'm violent Just cause I refuse to be silent These hypocrites are having fits Cause I'm not buying it, defying it Envious because I will rebel against Any oppressor And this is known as self-defense I show no mercy They claim that I'm the lunatic But when this shit gets thick I'm the one you're going get Don't look confused The truth is so plain to see Cause I'm the nigga that you sell out all the same to me And every jeep and every car Brother, okay. Watch, watch, wait till the course getting goes Could have been. Yes. We played like that island mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. which she would have not been a billionaire. Mm-hmm. But if he would have, if, if Park would have stuck to this. Okay. Let me go societal first. Yes, do it. I like Floyd Mayweather as a boxer. Okay. I like Manny Pacquiao as a boxer. Mm-hmm. I hate their fans. Okay. Why? Because they're so like run and gun, they're the only entity in boxing. Pacquiao's mm-hmm. the best. You know how dirt poor he was. Fucking Floyd is the most untouchable. It 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 irritates me. And mm-hmm. it's not like Beyonce, right? It's not Bay who I'm annoyed with. Mm-hmm. It's the hive. Okay. Like, like you can't give room to Tina Turner to be the predecessor mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Like Amy Winehouse fans, they know like, hey. Sharon Jones came out, and this is kind of like that style. Yeah. So they give props to her influences. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the Biggie-centric people and the Pac-centric people, Mm -hmm. they can't give way. Yeah. It's the fans. Yeah. It's not Tupac that I dislike. Gotcha. Because when it comes to poetry, I think he's superior. Yeah. I don't know if I'd still label him the GOAT, Mm -hmm. because kind of like, now I'm all over the place. Because, well, like we spoke about on Dilla, mm-hmm. he's the greatest producer for his technicality and yeah. what he produced. 
But I listen to more Q-tip stuff. Yeah. With with a different vibrancy. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to to Q-tips to where maybe I can turn this bitch on to fucking fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he again, and that was the tip was the building blocks to Dilla. There would be no Dilla without Q-tip. You know, so yeah, it's like you said, giving uh, credit where credit's due, props where props are deserved, and paying homage to the the OGs. Okay, so since we're gonna go freeform, mm-hmm. do it. Which is the best kind of podcast? Yeah, right? You can't fucking... you can't stick to a plan. Yeah. You can't. If the crowd isn't feeling the joint, you play the next round and they feel it, then you're you're a great DJ. Exactly. So, so there's this guy named Harrison. Okay. Who is a, an amazing house producer? Okay. But I'm gonna play him delving into jazz. Okay. New jazz. Bust it. And it sounds so amazing, dude. I already like it. Sick. Come on, man. Yeah. Super dope. This is the exact reason why I am an 85%er of instrumentals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's super ugly. It's melody, harmony. It's it's catchy. Dare I say that catchy for like jazz? It's no, it's fucking it's undeniable. It's like gold. Like like that's a synth. That's not a jazz synth. That's ooh. all the change ups. I don't need lyrics to this. No. So I'm going to so, play the full length, okay? Uh, Since we're it. at ju- jukebox yeah. session mode. It's funny, too. The parallels mean you always have. You're listening to a house guy do his take on jazz. One of the songs that I've been feeling lately is a dubstep guy who fucking did his take on jazz. It's interesting, you know, these newer school cats taking their crack at a genre like jazz. But that's awesome. That I love. Do you want to play it? Sure. Is it on Bandcamp or should I look Spotify? For it on or maybe uh, the artist name is Swindle. Bear with a second. I got it right here, actually. So how did you discover this? Was this just through an automation? Yeah, you know, like, uh, that's the cool thing about when you can make, uh, what's the word? An algorithmic. Algorithm work for you, you know? Feed it what you want, and it'll give you back something cool. So let's see if this plays. This is it. There we go. Again, you a house guy playing or doing jazz? It's a dubstep guy taking a crack at jazz right here. 
That's incredible. I don't need lyrics for that. I don't need a singer. I appreciate singers, but I don't need one for this. And I'm not a flute guy, but that works well with it. So it's just, it's cool to hear this stuff. You don't even have to let the whole thing play, but it just, that parallel we, we're having, you know, where we're trying to find, you know, Kat's doing a, a new take on something as traditional as jazz. So this guy I'm going to play next is BMB the Space Kid. Mm -hmm. um, he normally has like, High fidelity house mm -hmm. and high fidelity up tempo shit. And the one thing is, he decided to to delve into like this mid sound, mm -hmm. which is pretty incredible. Um, let me see if I could actually find him here to play some of his older stuff first. Um, okay, I'll play. I'll play his R&B stuff. It, okay. it, it's pretty well mixed, modernly mixed, so... A lot of hip-hop R&B sound, yeah. too. Too. Sure. You know, like, I like it. I see that. So, with this, so he, he was first known for like a hip hop drum kid, but uh -huh. high fidelity, um, and then a lot of RB people mm -hmm. felt his stuff. a valiant search for you listener I'm Ooh. trying my best this is stoked though dude that's super dope so sick just bugged out yeah. I know you would like these yeah. fucking filler instruments I love weird instruments like that little yeah you do it's yeah. like a it's like a synth on yeah. a wah yeah on a wah pedal so this is his take on garage lo-fi house okay and I was just like 
I didn't know you had that in you. Mm -hmm. See, like, that synth is normally very lush, uh -huh. but he mitted it out on the mix. I see. I see what you're saying. Right? Yeah. It, you know, that kind of road... Oh, shit. Fuck! That's super dope. Good luck producing today, Presto. That's tough. There's a lot of... Uh... There's a lot of fire coming out, dude. Yeah, love it, dude. And, and look, I'm gonna go back to this song because I really want people to hear how lush and bright house and disco producers are. Mm -hmm. So take a look at this. I, this is, um, I can't see. I know the song is called You Love Me, but the artist name isn't listed, right? Here, hold on. It is. So uh, the yeah. 40 plus year olds are. Nope. Uh, it just no, is if. It's by Cascade Records, a okay. record label. Yeah. So, so if you listen to how this is mixed, it's it's very bright. Even the lyrics. Sick. See that? That's very bright. Yeah. Mixed, right? That's right. how house producers make. Don't stop it. Hold on. Okay. Let me hear this a little bit. It's a beautiful song. No, it's fucking dope. Yeah. You know what? The reason I wanted you to play that out. What's great about uh, digging for music in this day and age, when you look back on, let's say, songs you liked on Bandcamp or Spotify, to have one place to kind of view your entire collection, you start realizing what you're biased towards, but maybe what you need to break away from. So I'll be honest with you. Like, recently I was, like, listening to a lot of the songs I've been collecting, and they're all based on breakbeats. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I got to get away from that. Like, like my entire library can be based off of breakbeats. So now I'm trying to break outside of that. But it's great to do that analysis on your own collection and, and start venturing out. Right. You know? So this is sick. It's not a breakbeat. It's like, like, or a sample fucking James Brown drum. Something, you know, this is different. This is program, high fidelity. So to tie it in about lyrics. I don't know half the shit she's saying it's in English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think she's written more than four bars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so her voice to, is like an instrument, which is great. So back to BMB, the, the Space Kid. Mm -hmm. See that, even that synth or whatever, if it's, yeah. a, it's a new road plugin. Yeah. It's very mid. Yeah. That's not the true sound. He had to edit it this way. So I love like he's doing like a garage lo-fi and that's not his sound. Dude, if you were to see some of the photos when I was talking about that I'm analyzing right now, huh. there's an exact visual equivalent of what you're talking about. There's photos that you can take with a certain film stock that look very bright, but there's another film stock that's very... Uh, has a lot more mid-tone so it's very like um, how are you describing this uh, like mid. mids 
visually mids, visually highs, visually lows. And when you start to like look at all that, I always make these sort of comparisons between the music and the visuals. Like, okay, this is like a BNB fucking visual. This is that previous artist that you just played on Cascade Record. This is a very bright visual, you know? It's there's a lot of parallels between uh, art and music. So know? this is where like I feel like I don't need lyrics anymore. But no. but we have the benefit though uh -huh. of being in our late 40s so we've experienced life yeah. good lyrics up to this point we have i don't need any more i want good music dude you know here um i'll play one more which with abjo i think it's called pen ultimate by abjo mm -hmm. lo-fi cat He's both lo-fi, hi-fi, boom bap. Mm -hmm. These kids, dude, they're just fucking animals. Yeah. And the problem is I have contacts on, so it's hard for me to see. And Nathan needs to put on his glasses to fucking see. That's what happens when old men hopes podcasts, dude. I use this for one of the fight and told promos. Mm -hmm. They intentionally... Don't play out the, the lyrics. Mm -hmm. They're using the voice literally as an, yeah, as, instrument. As an instrument. Banger. Here you go, dude. Here you go. Building up, he's building up. Sick. Super sick. I don't need lyrics. No. Like they even altered the lyrics to just make it sound like an instrument. Yeah. That's ugly, dude. Don't like keep playing that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll end it this song, and then we'll we'll close. I notice a lot of his stuff sounds very African, and that's what uh, sort of appeals to me. Uh, some of the records I grew up listening to by my dad, African artists, like he's. There's a very heavy African influence in Abjo's stuff, dude. Like, it's fucking dope. Very tribal, but spiritual. Very tribal because he has a lot of Brazilian too. Mm. But he has that new, yeah, highly programmed like hi hat. Mm. It's an, that's an art on its own for programming. Amazing. Yeah, this is super fucking sick. Damn. I, you know, it's just, it, it, I marvel at these kids. Well, actually, this guy's not a kid anyway. He's now like in his 30s. Super ugly, dude. It's, it's, it's a new lane. This is a new lane. Yeah. 
I, I, I do not need lyrics for this. No. What a close, dude. And, and it's dirty, dude. You know, like, it's fucking dirty. I love it. listening audience supports and buys these artists that we're, I mean we're literally yeah. giving our crate away that uh that song too it's it's so extreme on either ends it's like super dirty as fuck but it's super beautiful because of those vocals you know it's it's that's fucking great dude that's soup hats off to have Joe they killed that shit Done. so so let's wrap uh-huh in 20 seconds if you can. Mm -hmm. Is it safer to say that there are hypocrites all across the board? For sure. And not, right? just, not to just single out music. We all try to do it. We all need to stop doing it. Just keep it real. Be honest. And, and if you do do it, yeah. just admit to it and yeah. carry on, right? Yeah. And you don't then, need that much pressure. It's unsustainable. You're venturing down a road you don't want to go down. Trust me. And, and we don't need lyrics anymore, right? At least for the older heads. You think these kids are just more turn-up centric? Because I think they do. I think they we are. need lyrics. We just need good lyricists, you know, whether they're poets or singers, or singers you know, because lyrics are great too. But, you know, with great music, dude, you're left to your own thoughts, and that's cool too. Mm. So. I, I, I just feel... I think there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a true believer in that. Mm -hmm. I, even though the saying is there's... How do you skin a cat so many different ways? I think there is. Mm -hmm. As long as it's applied in truth and relevance to your experience. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're... Like, right now, I wouldn't be able to buy an MC trying to out-MC people and rapping about how good an MC they are. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's done. Yeah. But you can still sing about breakups. Mm -hmm. You can still sing about failure of marriages. Yeah. Being fucking pussy whipped mm -hmm. to date my slang. Mm -hmm. You know, I still think you can skin that cat a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. I just feel like every everyone is just so modular. Okay, yeah. here's this house, square, 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 and then that's it. Yeah, following the formula. Which I think we need to get Noel on this podcast too. Yeah, no, he'll, to, he, he's, yeah, that dude is a beast in both worlds. I want to bust his balls too. Yeah, he's that guy's an animal, dude. Like again, he can kill pop or he can kill give me underground shit that's the sickest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life and it's unreleased. And he's just sitting on it because he can't. Nice. Signing <laughs> up. Post analog Peace. podcast. The post analog podcast. For Generation X. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.